Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football season is here, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. As your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, baseball, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Believe in Saints. He is the receiver, Terrence Copper, and I am the co-host, David Grubb. And for the first time this season, the Saints have tasted defeat, and it was bitter. It was bitter. Um, look, let's, let's just start with the obvious. You go into the fourth quarter, you're up 17. I understand the limitations that we can get. We'll get into those about the offense and, and everything that happened. But this is the first time this season that we've seen the defense crack. And in the fourth quarter, I thought that there were some significant moments um, defensively where either key plays didn't get made, like tackles, Alante Taylor missing a sack, and then turning into a play. Rashawn Lattimore, the two-point conversion in particular, where he knows he's supposed to stay with his man the entire time, and he doesn't do that. Work down conversion for them to score the touchdown. And don't want to say it was fatigue because they only played 71 snaps. It wasn't an insane amount of snaps for this defense. But down the stretch, they weren't the defense we had seen through the first 11 quarters of the season. And from what I've seen defensively, especially we talk about the fourth quarter, uh, because that's where we really kind of let things go. We gave up a lot of explosion plays. And you got to take your hat off to the Packers because they made some plays. Their receivers out there made some plays on them, some tough plays, uh, you know. But I feel like they started stretching the field on us as we went. We kind of got out of character with pass interferences, different things like that. It's like not staying with our man. So we got undisciplined. Uh, but on top of that, the Packers started making some plays. They made some tough plays down the stretch. And, and that's what ultimately, you know, they took the game from us. They ultimately took it from us. I don't think we I don't think we gave it to them. I think they came out and made plays that fourth quarter to take that game. Uh, we could have done a lot of things differently, but in that instance and looking at that type of game, the way it was played, I don't think we gave it to them defensively. I think they just came out and they took that game. They made plays down the stretch where they should have. Uh, you have to give Jordan Love the credit. Uh because he, he did not play exceptionally well to start the game. Um, Saints were able to get some pressure on him early. Uh, but the Packers stuck with their game plan. They were able to get, like you said, some chunk yards in broken play situations, love using his legs um, in particular. And then you have to give them also credit. They were down two starting t- um, offensive linemen and their number one running back as well. And they kept at it and were able to, to still produce when they really needed to. Oh, yeah, definitely. One thing I would have said we should have done differently or done more of is bring more secondary pressure. 
Taylor came and got a couple sacks. Um, but a lot of times we play a man-to-man on the back end, which is fine. That's what we do. And we only rush him forward. You know what I'm saying? We get pressure to him sometimes, but once we start bringing that fifth person, that's when we really start getting pressure. So I would like to see done. I would like to see that done a lot more, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. But like I said, man, we offensively, we got to get going. You cannot hold teams to 18 points and you still losing games. And, and they're close games. Don't get me wrong. Games going to be close in the NFL. They're going to be close. But the way our defense has been playing up to that fourth quarter and limiting teams to how many points they scored a game? What, around 17 points a game? Something like that? It's, the Seven. offense is only scoring 17 a game, yeah. How, how the defense is giving up like 16. That's what it's I'm saying. It's about a one-point difference, yeah. Exactly. So if your defense is playing lights out like that when it comes to – let me let me switch that up. I'm not going to say they're playing lights out, but they're stopping teams from scoring. And that's, that's what job. Exactly. And for us to come out and we're still struggling offensively to get things going, uh, we won our first two get tight games like this, but now it came back to bite us. We got to get going offensively. Yeah. You know, we talked about this on the last episode was that you you can't expect to keep going places and not putting up touchdowns and think about winning in this league. I mean, you see the teams, there are only two teams in NFC who have scored fewer points than the Saints. That that can't happen. That can't happen. Not with the amount of talent that this team has. And even with the questions, and I think the, the number one thing that people want to talk about is the offensive line. Let's let's be real about the offensive line this week. It wasn't Trevor Penning that was the number one problem. I would say Penning uh, and uh, um, Andrews Pete played the best on the line this week, whereas your guys that you expected to come through, your Ryan Ramchek, James Hurst, Eric McCoy, they got beat man-on-man. They got blown up in situations where they shouldn't have, and think we have a real situation. You, when you have an offensive line that's made up of four number one picks and one second round pick, and this is the production that you're getting, and it feels like, particularly for Ramchek and McCoy, who started their careers so well, it felt like Ramchek may have been the best right tackle in the NFL for the first three years of his career. McCoy was turning into a solid center, and now the last couple of years, there's been a, a real decline for both of them. It, it has. And and the sad part about it is, like you said, you mentioned, you know, at first our left tackle was giving us problems. And now it's not even that. It's the guys you think that we're supposed to have solid. So that lets you know that offensively, offensive line, we're not consistent. And you can't have inconsistent play on the offensive line. That one day is – one week is this guy that's messing it up. The next week is this guy that's – that's not doing his job, you know? So it, collectively, we're not getting it done. It's like you can't point one finger at – you can't point a finger at one guy that's just screwing it up. Collectively, we're struggling on the offensive line. And it's starting to show. Like I said, we gave up four sacks. Uh, we gave up pressure on the ball. Uh, the run game wasn't there. You know, it was just offensively, we, we have to find out what we do well. Uh, and it didn't help the fact that Carr went out. You know, but even when Carl went, even before Carl went out, you know, we scored 17 points. We've got to realize six of those points, seven of those points come from a punt return. 
You know, so if you really look at it now, offensively, you really scored less than 17 because it comes down to the, the punt return that you ran back for a touchdown, adding to that, which you love that. You love that your special teams can come through for you like that, but you need offensively. We have to get going. Yeah, let's let's talk about a few different things with the offense. Number one, let's just let's just be real about the offensive line issue. There's no help on the horizon because teams are not trading good offensive linemen. It's like giving up starting pitching in baseball. You're not nobody's giving up a lineman unless you find one on somebody's practice squad that is just you. It's a hidden gem. There's no one out there. So this is the line for the rest of the season. What can they do first and foremost to stabilize that group? Is it going to have to be simplifying some play calls and changing some protections, maybe adding, you know, staying with two tight end sets, finding more ways to max protect for your quarterback, especially now with Carr week to week with this um, shoulder injury? I think that is a that's a quick fix. Something we could do a quick fix is, like you say, get the ball out of our hands quicker, uh, help with help with more pass protection, keep more guys in, help with pass protection. I think that's the quick fix. But I think the the long term fix for this season is we got to get back to practice and work on our technique, uh, just making sure we're seeing what we need to be seeing our keys. We need to make sure we're watching enough film on these teams to understand how they like the stunt or different moves that the D-line may have. Uh, just studying your guy that you're going to be blocking. Uh, and on top of that, working on your technique as well. Just getting better in practice. Like I said, there's no help coming. There's no help coming. So first thing, we got to work on ourselves first. And then after that, now, okay, if we're still having issues with it, we're still having problems, now we got to help in the protection. We got to change the protection up. Now we may have a running back to have to chip. Uh, we may have to have a tight end stay in. So that's going to limit the more receivers you have going out because we got to keep men for max protection. You know, so there's a lot of things. It's a lot of adjustments we can make. And of course, you want to just have a perfect O line, but it's not like we can't make those adjustments. Uh, when it comes to the pass game. Now, the run game, we got to get going with the run game. It's good that Kamara's coming back, but I don't know how polished he's going to be after missing three weeks, you know, but he definitely helps out when he comes back. And, let's okay, let's talk about Alvin Kamara. He does come back after the three-week absence, but this, this offensive line, again, has not opened holes in the running game. We've not seen play calls that really utilize the back out of the backfield yet. Um, and I wouldn't say that simply because of personnel, because most of the backs that were on the field were similar in profile. Jamal Williams was a guy before he got hurt who had caught balls out of the backfield. You drafted a young man who had caught balls out of the backfield. Tony Jones has shown he can catch the ball out of the backfield. But because of this lack of continuity, and the, and the inability to pass protect, I think it's gonna it's it's gonna be difficult for Alvin, who's coming off of the two worst rushing seasons of his career with this same offensive line essentially, to try to make this work. Uh, and and then now you're also putting in the variable of Jameis having to be back behind center on a, on a a week where you know he has it, it, it's now you change you have to change things for him. There are going to be changes made to the game plan for him. So you got to integrate Alvin. You have Taysom, who was essentially your starting tailback this past weekend, 
who you still have to get plays for. And and we'll get into this on the receiver side. We'll get into that in a minute. But I think for Alvin, the pressure to try to get him in quickly, I think a lot of people are going to be like, well, Alvin Kamara's got to solve this. I think fans need to understand there's no one player who can solve your offensive problems like this and think, especially, this is not 25-year-old Alvin Kamara either. Definitely. You're hitting it right on the head. But one thing that I like, though, I like the fact that Jameis is going to get a full week of practice with the number ones. Because uh, at the end of the day, we all know that Jameis is capable of running this offense because before he got injured these last two years, especially the first year he got injured, he was on a Pro Bowl a Pro Bowl season, the way he was moving, the way he was going, where he was controlling our offense with touchdowns and the least amount of picks he was throwing. So I don't look at Jameson how he played this second this second half when he got in because he hadn't had a full play. Wasn't he wasn't that bad. Exactly. He wasn't that bad in the second half. Yes. You know, so I'm looking forward to him taking it over and being healthy and being the way he, his leadership ability and his game, his style of play, he can play. You know, so I'm excited to see what the offense is going to do. Hopefully, if we can get the offensive line corrected, and Jameson come in and just give us a spark. Hopefully, offensively, we can get this thing going because that's what we have to get. Offensively, we got to get going. You can't have – I had the stats pulled up on my, on my phone. We had 252 yards total offense. Off, that's unheard of for a Saints offense. That's unheard of. And then you have 175 yards passing. We, we didn't pass over 200. We had 77 yards rushing. You're not offensively, you're not going to beat any NFL team with 175 yards passing and 77 yards rushing. You're going to struggle every day of the week with those numbers. Let's talk about um, the transition now from Carr back to Winston for the short term, Carr week to week. But we notice this, this is a tough injury. Um, Drew Brees talked about it himself yesterday in an interview um, with another outlet saying basically – when he had this type of injury, this is where he, he couldn't practice for the entire week, and then he tried to gut it out on Sundays. I don't think you want to do that with Carr. You're at the start of this investment with him. Um, I don't think there's a need to rush at this stage in the season. Um, but before the injury, we look at the numbers. He's bottom half of the league in QBR, bottom half of the league in passer rating, bottom half of the league in yards per attempt. Bottom half of the league in touchdowns, bottom half of the league in all those categories. It's not all on him. I'm not I'm not putting that at all. But so far, the circumstances, whatever the mix, whether it's play calls, injuries, whatever has been going on, it has not been to David Carr, Derek Carr's, excuse me, benefit so far. We have not seen what the Saints have paid for. Um, but again, it's not hundred percent on him, but he has to also play better when he gets back. Oh, definitely. And and like I said, it's, it's not 100% on, on one position. It's 100% on the entire offense. Like, I think even go to the play calling. Uh, I think Pete has to do a better job. I think the O-line has to do a better job. I think the quarterback position has to do a better job. You know, so it goes, it's like it's enough to go around. It's not, like I said, we, if we get this fixed, we're good. No, we need everybody collectively, offensively, we got to try to get this thing turned around. Because like I said, there's no help coming. There's nobody we can go off the street and pick up and bring in that's going to save the day. 
it's going to be right in that locker room. The guys that can turn it around are the guys that we have, and we can do it. And But like I said, at the end of the day, it's only one loss. And so it's not like the world is about to end. The only reason why it's so tough with this loss is because we're seeing the same trend with our offense. Even, yes. even in the two wins that we had, we're still yes. seeing that same trend. You know, So that's what's making it tough because we kind of – it's only one loss – but we can kind of see down the tunnel if we don't fix things, how things can continue going. You know, we talked at the beginning of the season how fragile this was, that the upside for this team is very high if things go right. But if the, the things that we saw, and particularly offensive line and then the question with the defensive line was there, the defensive line so far has been good. I don't want to say great. They've been very they've been good. They've done the job again for the most part. But – that offensive line, like you, that is the domino that impacts everything. If your line isn't solid, like I said, the running game can't be solid. You can't do play action. You can't give your quarterback enough time to get a deep enough drop for the routes to develop. You can't give yourself continuity in drives because one penalty or one sack or one negative play sets up the whole drive to be to be stalled. And I think that those types of things, the Saints have injured themselves. The number of penalties that they had on Sunday, again, were way too high. It's it's those procedural, mental things. That stuff can only be fixed in practice. But it also just goes back real quickly to this offseason. And I think that at the very least, even if you were going to play Derek Carr, a lot of reps in the, in the preseason – that line needed to be on on the field together to get reps, to understand each other, to communicate with each other. Because as you you know, if the line doesn't communicate, that that silent communication, that, that knowing of where my my guy next to me is going to be, that bumping of his you know leg next to mine, I know what the drop. Those things just don't seem to be there. Uh, they're they're not they're not right now, and it shows the way we're playing. It shows we have to be more. We have to be able to. We have to be able to. What can I say? We have to be able to run the plays that we're that we have installed. When I say run the plays, we're talking about execution. We got to execute the plays, and that's where we're lacking at. Just the execution, and, and honestly, I can't even say that the play calls that we're calling are bad or bad play calls but we're just not executing them. We're not executing them at a high rate, the rate that we need to be executing at, and it's starting to show. Um, I'm not gonna say it's starting to show, it's been showing because of the offensive production that we're having. So we just gotta get back to the drawing board and understand nobody's coming to save us. We have to continue to play down. Last part on the offense before we move is, it was you talked about Pete Carmichael. And I think we, we noticed the big difference in the style of play calling between um, Ronald Curry, and, and Pete Carmichael, quite frankly, like Curry was um, more rollouts, more, you know, plays that had players in motion, things like that to kind of create some some confusion for the defense and, and take chances with different guys. A lot of guys got opportunities to take chances. We look at this offense through three games. Jawan Johnson has not been a factor. Jimmy Graham has one target in three games. The one target, he gets a touchdown. But we have not seen him in the red zone otherwise, and his team has been really bad in the red zone in converting touchdowns. We see Michael Thomas is now, like, basically, this is the lowest yards per catch of his career that he's ever had 
by far. And the only two other seasons where it's been this low were seasons he didn't finish. It's it's just that everything seems out of rhythm right now, except for Chris Olave. Chris Olave is killing it right now. And he's he's been besides our defense, he's been the most consistent player on the offensive ball, on the offensive side of the ball is Olave. And he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. I'm not really so so bent out of shape about Thomas uh, because I kind of expect that coming into this year. He's been out for two seasons. It's a physical uh, thing. I don't yeah. think it's physical. He looks good. He does. You know, so with I just like this, I just like the fact he's back on the field and making catches. Um I don't think that he's still that explosive receiver that he used to be. I think he's still productive. Uh but his yards, his yards per catch may not emulate what it used to because he's gotten a little older. Uh, he's not that guy that's going to stretch the field for you or anything like that. Uh, but I love the fact that he is making catches. He's making plays. He's making catches. Of course, we got to get him getting the ball farther down the field, but he's still making plays and he's still getting back into his groove. So I'm just fine with him just catching the ball the way he's doing. So I'm fine with that part of it. But offense, it just goes back to the offense, and I keep hitting it on the head. We keep talking about it. Offensive line has to get going. Like you said, once the offensive line gets going, everybody else gets going. Uh, the play calling seems better because he got more time to throw it. He got more time to evaluate what the defense is doing. Uh, so like I said, you hit everything on the head, man, when it comes to the, the offensive side of the ball. We have to get going. Uh, we, don't have a, we don't have a lot of more weeks that we can keep playing like this even though we have gotten two wins out of the three, but it's the same type of wins that's coming. And a win is a win. We talked about it before. There are no ugly wins, but you're starting to see your offense play a certain way consistently that is not conducive to getting a lot of wins down the road. Yeah, teams always feel like they got a chance to come back against you because you can't score. You know, I mean, that that's – it's tough. I mean, look, we know the, the streak now is up to 11 games. It's 13 games total where this team has held opponents to 21 or less since Dennis Allen took over. There's seven and six in those 13 games. That can't be the case. You got to at least win two-thirds of those types of games, maybe more when you hold your opponent. That, that's the number in the league. 20 points is the number. In the NFL, you got to score more than twenty, and you want to keep people under it. It's it's crazy when you bring them stats up. When you bring those stats up, it's crazy the fact that we are really holding teams, you know, under twenty points, you know, consistently, but we're only seven and six in that span. But that just lets you know offensively we got to get going, and I feel like we have the pieces. I don't think that I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we need to go out and find anybody. I think we have it right in house. We just got to collectively get on the same page, whether that's play calling, whether that's offensive line work, whether that's quarterback work, whether it's run game. We just have to get on the same page and figure it out because we have what we need right in the building. Now we just gotta, we just gotta chef it up. On the defensive side, one of the things that, that, that kind of bothered me, and, is, and this has been one of the things I think that people have highlighted at times during his career, Marshawn Lattimore will go from one week looking like the best corner in the NFL. And then in the next week, there will be a couple of mental lapses where he takes 
his eye off the ball or, or just the situation is he's just not in it and he gets beat. And that happened at a crucial time on Sunday. And it just, it just feels like that, you know, your playmakers in that situation, those are the guys, your Cam Jordans, your DeMario Davises, your, your Marshawn Lattimore's, they have to make a play when the game is starting to slip away. And it felt like there were just a couple opportunities, not just for Marshawn. DeMario had a miss two on, on an open field tackle that normally he probably makes nine times out of 10, but they're just, just a couple of those things. They didn't have a pass rush really in the fourth quarter. Um, the big players didn't, weren't able to, I don't want to say did, weren't able to step up um, down the stretch and, and make a stop when they really needed to. Uh, you know, a lot of that comes from just the discipline from the defense. It's the discipline part of it. And, and we can get to a point in our in our in the game where you're playing so well, and I'm not gonna say you're playing so well, but you you understand who you are as a player. But you have to stay disciplined, even when you feel like you're doing well, even if you feel like the guy in front of you can't get open, you still have to stay disciplined because once you become undisciplined, everybody's on scholarship in the NFL and everybody works on their fundamentals. And that's what it comes back to. It don't come back to, okay, this kid is just who's more talented. It Everybody's talented. It really comes down to who watched film and who's fundamentally sound, who's going to do it right all the time. And down the stretch, I can really say that we stop doing it right all the time when it comes down to, to filling the gap and making a tackle, making a routine tackle. We're not. We're diving off the diving board. You know, when it comes to man-to-man, staying with your guy, because it's man to man, you but you're peeking in the backfield uh, and losing sight of your guy. All those things are just fundamental, detailed things that we let go at the end, and it came back to bite us. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think you know the defense is in a pretty solid place. Um, it's just you don't ever you can't. You can't I, I know folks were were trying to say, well, it's the offense is faulting for a quarter. I don't care what situation you're in. Um, if you're up 17 in the fourth quarter, you got to close that deal. Like, if you're up with those score another point. And the defense knows this. I guarantee everybody on that defense saying, we should have closed that deal. They, they know that. Um, Blake Groupie, you know, we talked about him before the season, him being a rookie kicker. He misses his first pressure kick. Um, that's going to happen. I, I'm, I, you know, you put yourself in a position to, to have a chance to win the game with that kick. Um, but – Again, I'm not gonna beat up the rookie um, for missing that kick in that situation. It's unfortunate. You you love to make it, of course, but I don't think it's something that's gonna define him at this point. No, it's not gonna define him, uh, and it's not nothing to kill him over. He's like I say, he's a rookie. It's not nothing to kill him. Honestly, the rookie part don't matter to me. Honestly, to be honest, <laughs> it don't matter. He getting paid. Kick you gotta make it. Exactly. So it's not the point that you that you kill him for this this week right here. But he do have to understand that is his job. A lot of times when he's out there kicking, it's going to be pressured situations. You are the kicker. NFL, the NFL, a lot of the, the the games, the window is between a seven-point game. So he has to understand if he's kicking a field goal late in the game, there's going to be pressure, and you're still expected to make it. Long as he understand that you are expected to make this kick, you know, we're okay. 
So, like I said, we're not going to kill him this week because it's the first time he missed, first loss. You know, it's not the end of the world. But he has to understand those type kicks has to be made. No, they has to be made. It has to be made. Look ahead to this week. And this division is surprising. I mean, you know, you, you have three teams at two and one. Um, the Panthers 0-3. But the Saints now go back home. You get Tampa on the short week after they just lost to the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Um, this is a, a huge game now. It was, it's always important to win division games at home. But I think the way that this division now looks, Atlanta doesn't look like a joke. Um, I don't think they will be. And then certainly now Tampa, you're, you wonder, um, you know, even with the injuries that they that they have sustained and their significant injuries, um, they their pass rush has still been very effective. And against this Saints offensive line, I think that's going to be the tip. The tailor of the game is can the Saints protect the quarterback? That's that's what it's going to be. Uh, like I said, we've had the Bucks numbers for a little while right here. We had their number for a while, but to me, the Bucks they're struggling to score as well, and I, I think they're going to struggle in our defense. I think they're going to struggle to score, but I also think if we don't fix things, we're going to struggle as well. So it may be another close game. Not a high-scoring game, just trying to – it may come back down to that field goal. Honestly, it could come right back down to the field goal. So, we just got to stay locked in. I think I think we understand how important this game is coming up for us because it's a division opponent as well. But also just get back on the right side of the winning track. You know, so this is a very important game. But I love the fact that it's it's in our favor. We're coming back home the Bucks on a short week, they just lost as well. They had 11 points also, you know, not also, but they had 11 points that they only put up, you know, so I feel good about this week for us, uh, but we still have to take care of business and I on our end of things. It doesn't even matter that the Bucks coming off a short week or that they lost as well, but we got to take care of business. That, this was the first week ever that the entire NFC South went winless since it got formed in 2002. The whole NFC South lost this week. So, first time ever. Look, look, last week we was talking about maybe this division is not as, it's not as bad as we thought. But then they flip around, everybody lost. I'm going to ask you this, just as you look at the entire NFC right now, Philly looked like it's finally putting it together after last night. The first two weeks I wasn't super impressed, but, you know, post-Super Bowl hangover, things like that, Everybody in the NFL the first two weeks is kind of even trying to figure it out. Philly looked more like Philly. But it's like as we look at the NFC in particular, it feels like there's only three good teams and everybody else is kind of figuring themselves out because it's Philly. We got to give Dallas its credit. Even though they lost to Arizona, I think you still – you look at Dallas and you say, that's still a pretty impressive defense and the amount of points that they put up. But San Francisco, I mean, I, I continue to be really impressed – by Brock Purdy, who I did not think was going to be as good as he is, but just the way that they adjust when somebody's out, somebody steps up. Christian McCaffrey has looked great. That defense is still solid. That San Francisco team is, is a little problem. It, it is. You know, I think San Francisco and and the Eagles, those two teams are going to be right at the top at the NFC. Those two teams, are going to, they probably going to be pushing number one and number two. Uh, in the NFC. I think Dallas, 
Dallas surprised me that when they beat the team, when they beat the Giants, what, 40 to zip? They surprised me out that way. I felt like, but I still felt like, okay, Dallas might be the real deal. I just didn't see them coming out and getting beat by Arizona. I it felt think, like they were smelling themselves. Yeah, I think defensively, they like I said, they're, they're solid defensively, but I just didn't see them coming out and getting beat by them. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that defines you is your record. It don't even matter how good we feel like a defense is or offense is. If you come out and getting beat, that's all that matters. All the other stuff, all the other accolades you have, it don't matter. You know, so, but I really think the Eagles and San Fran, like you said, are the top two teams in this NFC. And the Eagles are doing it. The Eagles are 3-0. and And they wasn't even playing well early. And they're 3-0. They're now they're starting to find their stride. They're starting to find themselves again. You know, so, but like I said, San Fran, they just been, they've been rolling anyway. So, those two teams are definitely tough in the NFC. You'll start two out of three on the road, which means that, you know they're going to be more home games for them down in December, which is that's what Philly fans love. Um, you know, before we go, just your thoughts on this game against Tampa. I think you're right; it's another really, really tight one. Um, every Saints game has been within three points so far this season, uh, and I don't see this being any different. I think this is another game where you you probably have under forty points combined. Maybe you get to forty five. But I think this is another 24-21 or 20 to 17 type game. I don't know who wins it. Um, but I think it's gonna come down obviously to late game execution and, and and penalties, I think. I think penalties are gonna really be a big tell in this game. I don't think turnovers are gonna be a big problem. I know people think that James is gonna turn it over and that's the, the problem, but he, I, I don't see that being his issue. Um he has not turned it over in a while, you know, and even in his in that the stint that he had, I thought he looked, you know, obviously he hasn't had the reps, but still his, he got the ball downfield. He got some good completions to Chris Olave, completed some uh, 10 of 16 passes, no picks, only one sack. So I think if, you know, with this week of practice, I think Jameis will be fine. But it's, it's it, with, with these two defenses, I just don't see a lot of points. I don't either. Uh, I feel like we win the game. I feel like we win it. But I, I think it's a low-score game. I think the score is 10-14, us. Uh, I just don't see either side of the ball scoring a lot. Uh, until until I see our offense start to hit a groove and start putting up more than 20 points, you know, or 17 points, 16 points a game, I would, I would have more confidence in our offense. I still have confidence in the team, but offensively we're struggling right now. But I still feel like we pull this out. I think we pull it out 10 to 14. All right, my brother. It's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, especially early in the morning like this. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until the next time, he is Terrence Copper, the receiver. I am David Grubb, the co-host. And this has been Believe in Saints. Who that? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.